When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain now I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man I don't know what that even What's up, Threebies? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? It's Rhea Butcher, the host of this show, uh, Three Swings, which is a podcast about baseball and other things, and it's mostly been about other things lately for me. There's some construction noise in the background. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to do about it. Um, my windows are, yeah, you can totally hear it on the podcast. I mean, I'm going to keep this episode kind of brief anyways. You got a really long one with me and Evan last week. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, it's pretty wild. And I I feel like I maybe addressed in the interview how, you know, it was going to thoughts were going to change and that, that that was immediate sort of reactions. But, um, you know, my basic premise still stays the same, which is, I'm glad that guy's not in the booth, you know, um, some more stuff came out about that guy, things he said, and, you know, do, do my feelings on it change? The essential nature of them do not because, uh, am I surprised? Absolutely not. Um, like I said, at the very least, he was homophobic that one second ago when he said, (laughs) said the F word. So, you know, it's usually indicative of, of, repeated behavior when something like that comes out of your mouth like that and in conversation. So I'm not surprised about it. And again, I'm, I'm glad that he's out of the booth. You know, two weeks is a great start. We'll see. Um, I don't think that guy should get his job back. Cause I don't think that that's, uh, a, a person, number one, the guy's like 70. I don't even know how old he is. He's, he's, he's of retirement age. Like, Perhaps it's time for a new chapter, uh, both for for Tom and for the Cincinnati Reds. And also, I would say, you know, baseball announcing communications at large. Like, maybe it's time for some new voices. Um, And maybe it's time you look in different places. Like, maybe this podcast. Maybe Evan. Maybe literally anybody. Um, maybe it's time for the sport to be reinvigorated and to get some new, new, new ideas in the booth, you know, as opposed to the rules on the field. Um, maybe it's time for just like a new point of view, you know, maybe it's time. Maybe people are not flocking to the sport because it's pretending like it's 1950 still. Um, and it's, that's boring. It's, it's boring. I also like Vin Scully is one of my favorite play-by-play guys, but the reason why I love Vin Scully or loved Vin Scully, I mean, I still love him and 
you know, he didn't get everything right, but he he was willing to grow with the sport. He brought this old version of of the 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 continental accent and was willing to call it as he saw it, you know? Um and he brought some personality to it as opposed to like trying to keep it old. Um I think about his call of Hank Aaron's, you know, Babe Ruth smashing home run. And and it's important. It's important that he said a black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South. Important. Important then, important now. Um, but those are the kinds of voices like, sure, it can be some old white guys if they're willing to look at the game through a new lens, a different new lens that is 2020 and not, you know, 1920. It's like literally every business thinks it needs to update its brand, its look, its sound, except for baseball. Like, they want to change the rules of the game that these people love, that we love, these people. It, it doesn't make any sense to me, but, I, but also makes complete sense given, you know, the sort of inside thoughts of, of baseball itself. And, you know, it's been interesting, too, the past couple days uh, in just, just in Rob Manfred news. Um, that he was quoted in some article and like, I basically have just gotten to a place where, um, I'm, I'm, I can't, I, I don't know. I can, there's only so much I can read about these things. And so I am just consuming headlines and you can judge that accordingly. But, um, Rob Manfred wanting to make all these changes and saying there's, there's no bigger baseball fan than me. Like you are in denial you are in denial. I'm pretty sure Evan and I talked about denial. It's a form of lying. It's a form of unconscious lying. And I think denial is something that we're all sort of wrestling with now in a way we maybe didn't have to before. Um, and like, we're all in denial in some way, like, like, and that is not a, a, a judgment in, in like, Hey, you're in denial, man. And it, it's more like, Hey, where are you in denial? Like where, where, where am I in denial? Where, like I can sit quietly with myself and, and ponder where I'm in denial and I can't find it by like smashing my fists against it. You know, I can't find where I'm in denial by like put it, taking a, a, a huge spotlight or a laser pointer and trying to, to suss it out that way. Like I actually have to spend some quiet time with myself, you know, in, in reflection with these things. Like that is my expectation of, of Tom Brenneman. And also like my expectation of that guy, that my, my expectations are on the ground, by the way. And I am not going to hold my breath for that dude, which is why I think he needs to just move on to a new chapter of his life. I hope he goes to Pete flag. I hope he meets some people that reflect back to him, his behaviors and share with him how they changed and that it's possible. I hope that because if I don't hope that if I hope for him to like, I don't know, end up in a ditch somewhere, like that's me being, that's me being a terrible person, <laughs> you know? Um, and I'm also not going to be in denial that it's possible he gets his job back, doesn't have to do shit, and just keeps going the way he was going. But my hope is that he doesn't. My hope is that he realizes his time is done and has gratitude for what he was given. 
But denial is where it's at for me this week. Like, if you're going to ask me how, how, what I'm doing to stay sane, what I'm doing through this time, um, you know, it's meditation, it's reflection, it's seeking where I am in denial, you know? Um, and one of those places is, is, uh, how quickly I will abandon myself when I feel pain. So, that one is one that I'm digging into right now. Um, and there's a lot going on. <laughs> and again, I don't say that in like, uh, oh, all of this that's going on. I literally mean there's a lot happening. There's a global pandemic. There's a, a, an uprising happening. There's um, an election that's probably not going to happen in any way close to the way that we've had elections happen before. Um, there are also many local elections that you can get involved with um, and that you can make direct, actionable change with. You can phone bank. You can write out postcards. You can get onboarded with a campaign. I was just on a Zoom with uh, Nithya Raman's campaign this past Sunday. Um, it was a wonderful experience. It was great to see and hear other people talk about their concerns about the city that I live in um, on a local level and realize how much change, um, even just one city council seat can change in the city of Los Angeles. And, you know, that is something that, you know, I thought I knew a lot. And guess what? I get the opportunity to be reminded, I don't know everything. I don't know everything. And to remember, I don't want to know everything. If I knew everything, I probably wouldn't be able to leave my house. Also, we're not really allowed to leave our houses. But those are the things you can do right now. You can look into your city council, see who's up for election this this election cycle. You can see what kind of like um, motions and bills are trying to be passed. You can see what is happening right now. If you are overwhelmed, confused, sad, frightened, pissed about uh, the federal elections, then set those aside for right now and look at what you can do locally to make some change for your actual neighbors. Um, Corey Bush is somebody that I was uh, aware of from Knock Down the House on uh, Netflix, which if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend watching it right now. Um, and... Uh, she was somebody that I saw tweeting and Instagramming and I was like, you know, I felt like I shouldn't talk about other places. Like, it's not my place. And then I realized, like, forget that. That's some old messaging. Like, that's not right. I believe in this person's platform. I believe in their voice. I believe in what they stand for. We stand for similar things. I have played St. Louis three or four times now and Kansas City. I, I have not lived there but I have been there for days and I have walked around the city. I have shook hands with people that live there. I have seen the goings on in the city. I've been there. Um, I was around Mizzou, like when the Mizzou student, uh, student uprisings happened, when those strikes happened, I felt what it was like to be there. Um, so while I don't know everything, I know something and I started posting about her. And you know what? One person told me that they voted for her because I posted about it. 
that makes it all worth it. And never underestimate your impact. And one voter is important. She won by like something like thousands. And that one person was part of that thousands. And it is important. There is no audience that is too small and you are important. And talking to people about what you believe in, as opposed to only talking about what you're mad about, which is also valuable, but talking to people about what you believe in is incredibly important. And that is what makes change. Like, yes, it's important to know, to, to craft your values and standards. Um, but telling people why you believe in this person or believe in this bill, um, will get them on board faster and clearer, you know, um, does not mean you don't have to be aware of those things, but it, it is just helpful. It's helpful for me and it's helpful for me to not descend into despair, to only focus on the negative things. Um, and it's helping me to see where change can actually be made. So all of that relates to baseball in that, um, we're going to come back after this and I'm going to talk about the, the, the big thing that's going on right now. Um, but how does it relate to baseball? I don't know. You know, this is, it's manufacturing runs. It's small ball. We got to play small ball right now. If you can't go to a protest, um, make some calls. You know, there are direct actions you can make without leaving your house, but I also encourage you to wear a mask and go out to a protest. If you are not physically capable of being shot at by police by rubber bullets and tear gassed, um, then go during the day, uh, and take a buddy, write a phone number on your arm and go there. I highly encourage you to show, to continue showing up. There's Murph. Um, I went on Wednesday in Los Angeles. People were still showing up that night. Police were shooting at us and tear gassing us. And I say us to say aside, I wasn't there, but I watched the video. So I just want to be clear. I paused that. So, cause Murph was screaming. Um, I say us cause I'm talking about us versus them, them being the police in the carceral state. Um, but yeah, get out there if you can. It's important. It's important. And ju and just being there, being another human standing up for your fellow man is important right now. Um, so we'll be back right after this. If you can support the ad that I'm going to beautifully read because it helps this show a lot. All right, we're back. Thanks for listening to that lovely ad read. And like I said, consider using that uh, code because it helps us out a lot. And it helps out Forever Dog, which is very helpful. Shout out to Forever Dog and to Bench Coach Brett for the lovely notes every week and the support. Um, it's just, I'm really grateful to get to continue to make this podcast. And I'm really grateful for you for still listening. So thank you. Um, so something I wanted to say, but didn't think that I would. Um, our, our only topic for today is MLB players strike. <laughs> this is something that I wanted them to do, um, uh, because of COVID and because of, uh, police violence against, uh, black Americans in this country, you know, that 
was something I thought would be powerful. The fact, you know, I think of Sean Doolittle's quote about, you know, professional sports is, is a reward for a functioning society and going, them going back to work um, and providing this entertainment was something that felt wrong. And it's why I haven't been watching. Um, it feels, it feels wrong to watch. And I just haven't, um, just haven't been able to do it, man. These trucks are so loud. It's so funny. Um, but you know, I'm glad that they're doing it now, even, even in the 24 hours that it's, that it's been since Brett made these notes, a lot has changed. So, so we'll just talk about it the way that it is. Um, and these notes are all from the source on this is ESPN. While player strikes in the WNBA, NBA, and MLS resulted in the cancellation of all games on Wednesday and Thursday, the MLB player's response to the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin, has been more mixed. On Wednesday night, after the NBA's Milwaukee Bucks made their strike public, wow, this is really honking in here, uh, the Brewers held a team meeting and voted unanimously not to play. Their opponent, the Cincinnati Reds, chose to join them. Um, the One of the mouthpieces for the, that decision was Josh Hader, of all people. Um, I watched his press conference, and his language was pretty vague and uh, not necessarily specific. And, uh, you know, the thing, the thing that I like to keep in mind with that is that we got to remember too, um, that these guys are professional athletes and I don't know if you've seen Bull Durham, but, um, (laughs) there's a a big section of, of that movie where Crash Davis is trying to teach, um, uh, Tim Robbins, uh, nuke Lelouch that to give, to give him the like sort of canned speech about his performance in the game and, um, we got to remember that. Thanks, Murph. We got to remember that some of these players are Crash Davis and some of these players are Nuke Lelouch. And we we do kind of have to meet them where they are when they're trying. And I hesitate to give somebody like Josh Hader, you know, like this huge, like, I don't, I, I don't want to like throw a parade for him or anything. But I do think it's important, especially given the conversation that I had with Evan Davis last week, which is when people say these awful things and then they apologize for them and say that they're going to do the work when they do the work, we have to acknowledge it at the very least. And it's, that is a, a big turn from, you know, sort of dismissing responsibility for the things that Josh Hader said and then being willing to sit and say like these are things we've got to talk about that is uh improvement you know it's it is improvement um is he saying exactly what I would want somebody to say what I would say no um is he doing the best of his ability probably so again I'm not holding him up as some bastion of 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 social change. But if we want people to change, we have to be willing to acknowledge when they do. So I think it's important too, that it's not, you know, always the black player on the team that has to be the mouthpiece of the conversation. Um, and so that's also something that I think is really important. Jack Flaherty, uh, who I don't think was starting that game, for the St. Louis Cardinals standing in solidarity with Dexter Fowler is important, especially for a team like St. Louis. Um, the Cardinals have, have an incredibly white fan base and incredibly racist like roots. My friend, Sam 
is a is a huge baseball fan, huge Cardinals fan, and he went to a baseball game the summer that Mike Brown was murdered um, by the police, whose name I cannot remember recall at this time. But he he went to a game and he saw somebody in a jersey with that police officer's name on taped onto it. Um, so it's important for players like Jack Flaherty and Dexter Fowler to do things like this. Um, both, both are important. It is, everybody's important. Everyone is important, you know? Um, I just think it's important. Everybody's important. Everybody plays a role. So on Wednesday night, uh, I said that part already. Two other games were also called off because of a player's strike. Now, we're calling it a strike. Many of the players are not. The language has since changed. It was important that night to call it a strike and not a boycott. A boycott is not something you do at your job. A boycott is something that you do with goods and services, like boycotting a, a place. Um, I think it was important that night to refer to these things as strikes, even though the players were not using that language. I think it's important to use the correct language. I think... Uh, on the other side of this, which I'll get to at the end of this article, um, they're calling it something else. Uh, the Mariners and the Padres and the Dodgers versus the Giants. All other games proceeded as planned. Mariners second baseman D. Gordon gave voice to the player strike on Twitter. Quote, there are serious issues in this country, Seattle's D. Gordon tweeted. For me and for many of my teammates, the injustices, violence, and death and systemic racism is deeply personal. This is impacting not only my community, but very directly my family and friends. Our team voted unanimously not to play tonight. There were also individual players on non-striking teams who participated in the strike. Cubs outfielder Jason Hayward, an 11-year MLB veteran, decided to sit out his game against the Detroit Tigers as well. None of his teammates joined him. Hayward reportedly encouraged his teammates to carry on without him, but as the ringer's Michael Bowman pointed out, the optics nevertheless recall what Baltimore Orioles outfielder Adam Jones said in 2016 in response to Colin Colin Kaepernick's kneeling protest against racism and police brutality. Adam said, In baseball, they don't need black players. Baseball is a white man's sport. Uh, And in St. Louis, the Cardinals played Wednesday without pitcher Jack Flaherty and outfielder Dexter Fowler, who chose to sit out but were not joined by their teammates. Matt Kemp of the Colorado Rockies also sat out alone. Thinking of Ian Desmond here as well. Many have criticized the fact that not all MLB players participated in the strike, while others have expressed cautious optimism over the partial strike, arguing that in a league that has been fiercely apolitical and predominantly white for so long, any political statement from the players is a positive step. Uh, I would agree that any any amount is important, especially in a league that's so predominantly white. Um, I, j- I guess I would just still call for the white players to, to look at what they were doing when they were putting on Black Lives Matter shirts on op- opening day and then taking them off the next day. I would encourage them to to look at what they're doing. I mean, all, almost all of these leagues have said this is not a strike. This is like a, a pause for reflection. Um, and I just like personally, this is personal. I don't think this is universal. I wish they were acknowledging and realizing how much power they actually have and how much the, the entire... that. Every single professional league, the WNBA, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, the NWHL, the MLS, the uh, uh, the Women's Soccer League, 
I wish they all realized collectively that they have no league without their labor and they actually are incredibly powerful. And if they actually went on strike and said, this is a strike and we are striking for police accountability uh, and change, um, I I would love to see what they would actually get. But for now, and I don't want to diminish what they're actually doing. They're mostly taking personal days, you know? Um, And so I just, I'm hopeful that what they have done is shown a lot of people how much their labor is worth and that it is worth a lot more than just money. Um, And so that's what my hope is um, that we can all see that we have a value and a worth much greater than our paychecks um, and that we can hopefully separate ourselves from this idea that the only thing we have is how much money we've got in the bank or potentially and um, that this is actually bigger than these sports. And, you know, these, especially the MLB has law enforcement night, the Padres who are a team that I'm really loving catching up on, on Twitter and seeing uh, them. They're, they're playing with uh, joy and happiness. I mean, this is a league that a week ago we were discussing whether or not a guy should hit a grand slam on a three Oh count. And now like players are saying I'm not playing because, um, police are still killing black people with impunity, whether it's um, on video or not. Um, They're not being held accountable um, and saying, oh, well, there was a knife in the car. So this justifies a shooting. There are also children in the car. So which is more important, the children or the knife? And uh, he didn't have the knife on him. Like, it's just equivocating any of this is is just getting into the weeds. And um, we live in a country where a, a teenager can carry an illegal firearm across st- state lines to hunt human beings. And some people in this country call that guy a patriot. So we have a lot of, we have a lot of work to do. And I, I guess I just wish that these strikes were bigger. I wish they were realizing how much power they have. LeBron James could create a league tomorrow if he wanted to. The NBA is nothing without the players. And I just wish that they knew how much power they really have. Um, And I also say that not diminishing what they've done, because I think the fact that they were even considering not playing um, is huge. And the fact that teams like the Dodgers didn't play is really important. You know, it is important that Mookie Betts feels personally um, uh, stood up for by his teammates. It is important. Those things are also important. Like I said, it's all important. It's important that mainstream mainstream comics who have not had to be political for years are being political now. It's also important to remember and be grateful for those comics who have been political either by choosing or because people assign them that because they're not like a straight white person. Um, and I just think it's all important and we don't have to point fingers. We can just like raise it all up. You know, um, we can just all be part of it and we can all do better and we can all see where we have blank spaces that we can fill in with positivity and good and, and life and love for each other. Um, so with that, I guess I would love to wrap up this episode by playing, um, because it is being, we're being recorded on Jackie Robinson day. Uh, what perfect timing. Um, I encourage you to read his autobiography. I encourage you to read the excerpt 
from Jackie Robinson about the flag and the national anthem. Um, and I encourage you to listen to this uh, Jackie Robinson statement read by Mookie Betts um, and the video, which you can find on our Twitter and on our pages and stuff, uh, directed by Randy Wilkins. Uh, you know him from our podcast and from Twitter, but a very talented director. So major congrats to Randy Wilkins, friend friend of the show. Um, and I will leave you with the words of Jackie Robinson spoken by Mookie Betts. The most luxurious possession, the richest treasure anybody has is his personal dignity. If I had a room jammed with trophies, awards, and citations, and a child of mine came into the room and asked what I had done in defense of those fighting, and I had to tell that child I had kept quiet, that I had been timid, I would have to mark myself a total failure in the whole business of living. I cannot say I have it made while our country drives full speed ahead to a deeper rift between men and women of varying colors, speeds along a course towards more and more racism. Life is not a spectator sport. If you're going to spend your whole life in the grandstand just watching what goes on, in my opinion, you're wasting your life. Until every child can have an equal opportunity in youth and manhood. Until hunger is not only immoral, but illegal. Until hatred is recognized as a disease, a scourge, an epidemic, and treated as such. Until racism and sexism are conquered. Until that day, Jackie Robinson and no one else can say he hasn't made. There's not an American in this country free until every one of us is free. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.